Welcome to episode five of Women on the Move Behind Closed Doors podcast series. We hope you are enjoying our season one episodes, which bring you the latest insights from leading business women and entrepreneurs. Hello, I am Donnie Walford, founder and managing director of Behind Closed Doors. In today's episode, I am speaking with Dr. Sally Rundle, International Leadership Coach, Executive Development and Energy Management Facilitator and author. Sally delivers leadership programs and coaching in Australia, New Zealand, the US, the UK, South Africa and Asia Pacific. She has been director of her own business for over 20 years working with leaders, individual strengths, utilizing neuroscience, positive psychology, mindfulness, and transformative technologies. So I'm really, really excited to have Sally Rundle as our podcast guest today. Welcome, Sally. Thanks, Donnie. I'm excited to be here. Just feeling your energy and I'm getting excited. <laughs> it's nice to have energy when everything else in, uh, in the world at the moment is just, it's not in a good place, is it? No, no. That's why taking care of our energy is even more important than it has been, I think. So, Sally, you have over 30 years of business experience and now are a corporate facilitator, educator, coach and author. During your international career, you have had the opportunity to work with over 5,000 leaders from a wide range of industries across 20 countries, and you have dedicated your career to empower individuals to be the best they can be, personally and professionally. So how do you go about accelerating personal transformation, transitions and agile leadership? And what does all of that mean? (laughs) That's a really good question. I think for me, right from the get-go, it's all been about human potential. You know, how do we live and lead, and I would say love, in a really authentic way? And so personal transformation is really like it's a very dynamic process, but it's an individualised process. It's like how do we be the best version of ourselves? And that really requires becoming more conscious, like who we are, how we're showing up, Uh, you know, what our patterns and habits are and what our thoughts are and like really increasing our sense of self-awareness. So transitions are really about change happens and life's like that, isn't it? You know, we can be kind of moving along and all of a sudden like a COVID happens, an external thing happens in the environment. We go, we have to adjust to this. So the transition is that internal psychological process that we have to go through when we're confronted confronted with change. So I love really working with people through transition because particularly as women, we have lots of them, don't we, on our life journey. We do. But this is probably the one time in my living memory that we are living with a global sense of uncertainty. I mean, we're talking about the whole of Australia, the whole of the world being uncertain about their prospects personally and professionally. So are you saying that if we understand ourselves better and we make those those transformational changes to be the best version of ourselves, we're going to be 
better equipped to cope with this enormous change. Is that your message? Yeah. I think for all of us, we've been really challenged through this process. There's no doubt about that. Even, you know, Dr. Adam Fraser, who writes books on this stuff, you know, he was saying he was eating too much chocolate and drinking too much in the first two weeks of COVID. So it's like we kind of need to be really kind to ourselves as well. But it certainly is um, the more we're aware and that we can be aware of our thoughts and our feelings and what's coming up for us and then regulate, Donnie. I think this stuff's uncomfortable. And, and I think too, part of it is, is this mine or is this part of the bigger collective? And I'm kind of pulling on all my, all my tools and techniques every day right now because just to hold steady, because it's not steady, it's really volatile and very disruptive. So everything I've got, I'm bringing in. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you work with integrating individual strengths and their abilities, utilising neuroscience, positive psychology and adult learning advancements. Why are these three areas important in improving individuals personally and professionally? Again, it's that kind of window into who we are. So positive psych is really managing our brain. Left, left to its own devices, the brain has a very negative bias And we know that the power of positive emotions and positive experience build and bode well for well-being and happiness and life satisfaction. But we kind of have to work at it, particularly if we're feeling stress. So emotions like gratitude and joy and appreciation, these are really positive states. And if we can evoke them and deliberately evoke them, they can help shift our mindset. For example, if we're more optimistic in what's going on. So an, an optimist right now will say, hey, this is really tough. There's no doubt about it but there will be solutions and we will come through it and we'll grow and we'll learn. And, you know, it's not like they're like Pollyanna, but it allows us to have hope. The strength stuff is saying, hey, we've got some inherent strengths and when we use them, they make us feel really good. So one of my strengths is love of learning. And so if I'm feeling flat, I go, hmm, which one of my strengths can I pull on right now that's going to help me feel better on the inside? I'll go, I think I'll learn something. And also working with other people, if we know their strengths, we can bring out the best in them. So that's the positive psych and strength base really work well together. Um, Neuroscience, I love it. It's like it's showing us that our brain's not locked in stone. Our brain can evolve and change and resilience is a skill and that we can train our brain to regulate our emotions and help us get in a better state of calm and balance. There's lots of things we can do with our brain to help it be at its best rather than it run the show. So part of, you know, we've all heard probably a lot about mindfulness and meditation. There's a part of the brain called the left prefrontal cortex. So it's up here. It's like a front of the brain. It's one of our big superpowers. And it, what it does is it not only is it involved in executive planning and priority and decision-making, but it actually regulates the emotional brain. So we've heard like we get stressed and we might have an emotional, you know, hijack, like we're just trapped in our emotions. Well, the more we develop the prefrontal cortex, it can tune down the emotional brain. And meditation does that because we're in meditation, we're either focusing on the breath or we're focusing on something. It helps develop that part of our brain. So when we need it, we can pull on it. So that's one of the things that how we could use neuroscience to be to be clearer, to be more focused, to be more present. So Sally, uh, there, there are some like me who use what we call active meditation. So I can get on, on my, my road bike 
and uh, and and uh, utilizing my body and then I just really zone out and I'm in a different world altogether. And things like yoga is another form of active meditation or tai chi. If you're out if we're out walking or running, I mean you have to be really present on your bike, don't you? You can't kind of be wandering off in your head. You have to be right there. So the thing about mindfulness and activity is being present to our bodies like we're noticing how we're walking or we're feeling the breeze against our skin or listening to the birds. or So we're really right there with all our senses, not you know listening to a podcast and off somewhere else, right? So if you want to do 10 minutes of mindfulness, just walk and be really present. You have developed a lot of tools in mindfulness and the wellbeing space. As a facilitator of behind closed doors groups for the last four or so years, what do you believe holds women back and why do they not practice self-care? Women are amazing. Um, they We carry a lot. You know, we carry, for most of us, you know, relationships, families, you know, our work teams. We're kind of, I think... Part of it is our natural nurturing, but also part of it's our programming, you know, our our societal expectations about how we're, you know, meant to show up. So I think it's kind of being really aware of that and and noticing the choices we're making because if we're not careful, we'll put ourselves last. I think in times of stress, it's almost calls for extreme self-care. And the other thing, just talking to a lot of women around, so what is it that holds you back, you know, from self-care? They'll say, I feel guilty you know, I'm being selfish and I need to take care of other people and I'm taking it away from someone else. So I think the shift is like, you know, in the airline, put your mask on first. If we can nurture and replenish and take care of ourselves, even if it's for a short period of time, we're going to be better served in ourselves, but also there to take care of others as well. So we can be at our best, but if we just run ourselves down, we're depleted, it's not good, you know, health-wise, but also we're not at our best anyway. So talk to us more about energy medicine. Well, Donnie, when you hear that word, you know, what comes to mind for you? Like when you hear energy medicine, does anything pop up? Well, I'm very, I class myself as an energy person, Sally. So uh, I think COVID was really, really difficult for a lot of people like me because we gained our energy from other people. That's medicine to me. It's my natural medicine. It is. It is. Um, I can see why, you know, you come back into a group because we have our physical body, but we've also got an energy body. So the energy body works with the physical body. And we've got like our heart fields have been measured to go out sort of three feet around us. So when you bring a group of beautiful women together who haven't seen each other for a while and our hearts are like, oh, um, you know, we're all feeling that and it's really, really positive. Um, the term energy medicine, it it's an ancient alternative for self-healing. Um, it's found in many ancient cultures and it's been used more and more now in our Western culture to really kind of stimulate healing, take care of our well-being. Um, but it's a very broad concept. So at one end, we've kind of got conventional medicine, you know, things like radiography, ECGs, those sort of that sort of equipment that's used to measure and diagnose is a form of energy medicine. But down the other end, we've got things like the subtle energy techniques, which I think, Donnie, you're picking up on. So subtle energy is the the things that we can feel, we can't always see it, but you can feel someone's energy like a high vibe, you know, or when someone's not feeling, you know, in their groove, you can track that as well. So I think 
we're very attuned to it, even though we can't see it, it's there and it's moving between us. This really took me on a journey, you know, when my, in my mid forties, big changes happened and I went off to America and I studied with a woman called Donna Eden and her whole thing is about if we take care of our energy, it'll take care of our vitality and our health. And I learned all these fantastic techniques to help balance the body's energy. So I want to help others be able to manage and take care of their energy too. So my journey has been about learning this and then sharing it. So Sally, can you give us an example of how you do help others manage their energy? Yes. So um, I wouldn't need to do this with you because you can feel your energy, right? But for, for many people, they're not really aware that they've even got an energy body. You know, like we are energy. In fact, we're energy just kind of dragging a human body around. But I'll get people, people to rub their hands together and then uh, separate their hands, maybe, you know, a couple of inches and then just feel that feeling between their hands and they'll go, oh my God. I'll go, well, that's, that's your energy. You're feeling it, right? So just helping people kind of connect with that energy. The next thing is a whole lot of different techniques like Donna Eden has the daily energy routine, which involves tapping on key points and doing some certain stretches and simple techniques that actually get the energy moving. Another technique I use is tapping, which is form of energy psychology, which is tapping key points on the face. There's some great research about this and it helps release trauma, stress, blocked emotions, all sorts of things. So there's some really simple things that we can do to just help our energy which will then help the physical body. And Sally, is this something that we should all be doing as a daily practice? For example, first thing in the morning, is there is there a particular time? Is morning better than at last thing at night? Or should we be doing it both ends of the day? <laughs> <laughs> I think it depends on what works for you because some people are real morning people. And so this would work. You know, I've, Donnie, I know you get up like early, right? So you know, doing a bit of an energy routine after your bike ride would be fantastic. Just And the thing about these things is they don't take very long. They take like, you know, five minutes maybe. If you're someone who's more in the afternoon and you notice your energy flagging, these techniques can help pick your energy up too. So, so if people were looking at wanting to educate, for example, would, would, does the neuroscience cover off on the on the energy medicine as well or uh, is it two completely different things yes it's two different things and that's I think I kind of take a very holistic approach because we need it all we need to take care of our brains and that's neuroscience and meditation and mindfulness will really help with that then energy medicine um, is about taking care of our actual energetic body so whether you decide you want to do some yoga or you want to do some breathing or Donna Eden, I can give you a link, love five da- uh, the five-minute energy routine. Go and get a massage. Go and have some um, Reiki. Uh, do some beautiful sound therapy. You know, go to a sound bath or l- get some light therapy. It, it, it just depends on what people are drawn to. It all helps. So finally, Sally, what advice would you give your younger self? <laughs> Such a great question. I, I, I read that question. I thought, well, I better go back and check with her. She's very busy back there. She's very busy, very buzzy, very in her head. So my advice was to her was take some moments to just pause and recover, like make sure you're taking care of your recovery. Don't just keep pushing your energy because by the time you hit your 40s, you might not have it. 
right? So let's just take care of it back here. The other thing I was I said to her was really connecting with your heart. So the more you can tune in your head and your heart and trust your heart's wisdom, that's going to be really important. And pay attention to your intuition. It's your superpower. All really good um, pieces of advice for us now, not just any younger self. Isn't that correct? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sally, you've been wonderful. And I hope everyone has enjoyed uh, not only some of your wisdom, but also some tips on how we can look after ourselves and and be the best version of ourselves. So once again, Sally, thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks, Donnie. Love spending time with you and your gorgeous energy. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Women on the Move podcast brought to you by Behind Closed Doors. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. To find out more about leadership and professional development for you, visit BehindCloseDoors.com where you can find the full range of memberships and coaching and mentoring options available. This is a Narrative Network podcast.